Hi everyone, welcome to Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow.co. And for this month, we are going to interview Joel Harrison, who is the editor-in-chief and co-founder of B2B Marketing, the leading provider of insight, best practice, and professional development uh, information for business-to-business marketers. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Thanks for having me, Saksham. It's great to be here. Brilliant. So we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Uh, You get three passes. In case you don't want to answer a question, you can just say pass. Uh, But try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. I will do my best. (laughs) Okay. So the first one, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? An hour. (laughs) Okay. Most embarrassing moment of your life. Oh, goodness me. Um, I have to go right back to being a child. Um, uh, using Getting out of the swimming pool and using the swimming pool as a toilet. <laughs> okay, how many hours of sleep can you survive on? Eight. Okay, fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Growth marketing. Mm-hmm. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. I hope my wife's not listening. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say um, uh, Bratislava. <laughs> okay. Uh, pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Mm-hmm. The first movie that comes to your mind when I say the word ambition um, I would say Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. When did you last cry? When I was watching a program on Sky Arts about a a, um, a a a lady called Polly Styrene who was a punk, and it was from her daughter, and it was about her memories of her mum and di- her, who died, and it reminded me of my mum. I'm sorry, that was a long, oh. a long answer. <laughs> We can make an exception for that. (laughs) All right. The biggest mistake of your career. Oh, goodness me. Not having enough ambition early, enough confidence in myself early enough. Mm. How do you relax? Um, I run, um, I read, or I watch documentaries. Mm -hmm. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I'm a tea man, not a coffee man, but I tend to have four. (laughs) okay Uh, a habit of yours that you really hate finishing other people's sentences (laughs) the most valuable skill you've learned in life the confidence to get up and speak in front of large audiences okay and finally your favorite netflix show oh goodness me um netflix uh at the moment, what, what have I enjoyed most on Netflix? Um, well, the one I watch most is my, the one my son requests all the time is, is Paw Patrol. That's a terrible answer for you. Um, <laughs> what do I, I don't watch it. I try and think of one. I'm, not, I'm more a BBC man. So can I, can I, um, uh, I say, let, me, let, me, let me say that my wife's made me watch all of Des- all of uh, Married at First Sight Australia and it's not my favourite, but I've, I've been forced <laughs> to do the whole thing and it's awful. So I apologise for that. okay fair uh that was the end of the rapid fire round and you scored 10 and 10 because you didn't use any of your passes so that's good (laughs) 
Okay, now we go on to the bigger questions. The first one is, can you share one impactful incident uh, that happened during the initial days of you being the editor-in-chief of B2B marketing uh, that taught you an important lesson? Um, I think very early on, we had to, we, we, um, so we've been doing B2B marketing for 17 years and just to position it, um, you thank you for positioning it really well, but actually when we started, it was a magazine, um, back in, cause this is pre-digital days, right? Um, and, um, we had to get funding for it. We just actually just flipped it into just closed the magazine and flipped it into a community. Now we run lots of events and training and have a, have a membership program and do lots of content ourselves. But um, back in the early days, we were looking to get funding and we we're talking to a bank, um, a very well-known British bank. Um, and they were looking at our business plan and they, we knew they had a lot of money to lend. Um, and the guys and one of the bankers said, um, how much money have you got already? And uh, I was just about to respond with the honest answer. And my business partner kicked me under the table and gave mm -hmm. a completely wrong answer, completely exaggerated answer. And I knew at that point that when you're selling, you don't always tell the truth. And sometimes you need to build up your, um, uh, be a bit more extravagant. Because I'm not a salesman, I'm a journalist, and I'm all about telling the truth. And sometimes, whereas when you're selling or marketing, you've got to, the truth isn't quite the right answer. Does that make sense? For sure, I think uh, the way to say it, that you don't say the truth, but you also don't lie, is that you know yeah. you say something in the middle that can be interpreted both ways. So I think, yeah, I get it. Like that's kind of what marketing is about. I would say. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that lying is right is right because it's not. Yeah. But but um, but yeah. as a journalist, your job is to tell the truth and be literal and specific. And and I and I sometimes you have to you have to selling is going beyond mm. that a bit. So I'm sorry if that wasn't. Um, uh, like wasn't expressed as coherently as I could have done. No, I get it though. But also, like I think, what has been, what has happened now in in today's world, what we see is that journalism itself is becoming complicated where you realize that it's actually what is presented on the media can be from different sources and different news websites may have different opinions so Absolutely. it's really the basic fact of saying oh this is the truth is is complicated now because you're actually receiving so many different types of truths from different outlets so yeah <laughs> i think that's a very so, good point Rishan. yeah definitely yeah. I think marketing has gone into journalism as well. So I think we're seeing it everywhere. So yeah, yeah it has, it has. And, and, and you have this rise of, um, of fake, of fake news and alternative facts. Exactly. And, and, and I, and I really, and I, I don't want to in any way suggest that I'm agreeing with that because I don't, I believe there are truths and you need to get those truths out there. But I think it, it just gave me a different angle and perspective on, on what you need to present to the world in certain situations. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, and I think that's a primary characteristic, like the age we live in is called the information age. And I think that is why it's information that is key. And it's the point at which the information is presented and the way in which it's presented is as key as what the information is. So I think that is why we are seeing all of these complex things, which we can unpack in other episodes. But let me let me get back to B2B marketing. Uh, uh -huh. What is the strategy uh, one should follow according to you? Uh, to perform well when it comes to creating content for marketing, which is specific to B2B? Well, um, I mean, I, th I think that 
the, the key thing is really to, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a strategy, but it's a fundamental guiding principle. It's about understanding your audience, understanding what motivates mm. them, what their pain points are, what they're thinking, who their stakeholders are, what the, the, the environment they operate in, what they're interested in, where they get their information from, um, and what they think of you. Um, that's the, you know, customer centricity is such a, a hackneyed expression um, in B2B marketing. And yet so many companies and so many marketers don't give it its full so, view. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Understand the customer absolutely the critical fundamental starting point. Mm, okay. And how does your magazine B2B marketing help other marketers to, to create content for their industry specifically? Like what is uh, specific some things that you do? Okay, so just to and I appreciate that, that this wasn't um, uh, explicit previously on our conversation. Um, so the mag we had the magazine for 17 years, and this is our final, mm. just done the final edition. We've actually moved it into a community-based platform now. So mm. we have marketers from large organizations at all levels joining it to participate in um, uh, and in, in conversations around different aspects of marketing. And it's a, you know, it's a really vibrant community we've created already, and we're, we're looking forward to growing that. But the, the job we play is, is just the same. It's just more as a community than it was as a magazine. We're just doing it in a medium that is more relevant to, to 2021. Um, and how we help people is we, we help them understand what's, we don't, um, we help them understand what's going on in the market. We help them understand what their peers think and how they've behaved and how they've acted. And um, we, we show them examples of best practice. And we have a, a very vibrant awards program. We get over 500 entries a year to uh, the B2B Marketing Awards. And so we show them examples of best practice there um, and, and, um, and give them inspiration and insight into how to reach customers and which mechanics to use, which messages to use, uh, which channels to use, which technologies to use. So it's a real inside track into how to do stuff as well as possible and, and, um, and learning from your peers. Hmm. And and are you thinking of uh, I don't know expanding into Clubhouse or any of these new apps that have come in the market for you know discussions etc. Yeah, we we have looking we are looking at Clubhouse a little bit. It, it does feel a little bit um, hypey at the moment, and um, mm. you know there's a there's it's that balance of exploring new ideas and understanding how best to use them, and at the same time you know, stretching a finite set of resources across the existing channels that we serve. So, um, yeah, I think it's fascinating how audio is, um, and, and you know, this is part of this revolution is, is so become so important these days. Um, but, um, I think our, you know, we've, we've launched a new uh, social platform in January and so we're still in the early stages of that and we don't want to get people just dis too distracted from those, those channels before, um, you know, we want to fo focus on the areas which are going to make a big difference to our business. So watch this space as regards Clubhouse. Have you used it, Sakshan? Yeah, I'm mean, like, it's fun, but the point I think with Clubhouse, as you're saying, there's a lot of hype around it. And I think only recently, I think last week, uh, there was uh, an article uh, in, in, in TechCrunch that said that actually Clubhouse downloads have dropped by 95% uh, this month. Yeah. So, you know, this is a social network that came along three or four months ago. And within four months, if you see 95% drop in the downloads, then there's a bit of a, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not going to last for a long time. So I don't know, but Twitter is copying it. They have Twitter spaces now. So I was just thinking, uh, because you said you have such a discussion forum on your website. So I was wondering whether voice discussion was a thing. And that's why I asked about Clubhouse. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's, it has been an ongoing point of discussion, but I, I think people are still, mm -hmm. there's so many channels to to use. Um, I feel that, that and, this, and resources are so finite that people are, are a bit cautious about it outside of the kind of Bay Area kind of tech bubble where they're just, they're just so um, mm -hmm. focused on the new. 
and doing these doing these exciting things. So, but like I say, maybe it'd be interesting to have that conversation again in a couple of months' time. Mm, for sure, yeah. Uh, let's go to the next question, which is, how do you think B two B and from your perspective, how do you think B two B marketing has evolved in the past sixteen or so years? Like, what is the biggest mistake that B two B businesses often make? Well, those, I think those are, I'm going to separate those two questions out <laughs> yeah. if that's okay. Um, mm. The first one, how has it evolved in 17 years since we launched? Well, it's evolved, it's transformed beyond recognition. Um, and I know that um, your organization is active in the US, but in the UK, and I think believe in Europe as well, B2B was very under um, appreciated and was seen as the poor cousin of B2C. And, and, and that has changed beyond recognition. B2B is now recognized understood respected and it is a profession and a career in its own right with a unique set of challenges and 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 um uh and, and dynamics and that's a wonderful uh just to have seen that happen and to play a part in that happening as well um and there have been various inflection points along the way the arrival of modern marketing or as i hate that expression but the marketing automation platforms in the kind of late noughties was one of them the credit crunch was another one uh, around happening around the same time and i think recently the pandemic has accelerated change in a way that we haven't seen before but in generally besides the personal crises and tragedies that some people have had which i don't want us to, to downplay at all but mm. i think it has actually played into marketing's hands in terms of allowing it to be a driver and enabler of change in a way that it wasn't um before so um yeah i think we have we are still experiencing another one of those inflection points but it's it's only making b2b marketing stronger and better as industry which is great news from my perspective and i hope most people out there as well um and now i've forgotten the answer your second question the biggest mistake was that your question mm. yes the biggest mistake that b2b businesses often make um well i think it's um often it's, it's just not appreciating the power and the value of marketing treating marketing as a um as a second tier discipline and to, as a sales support entity of course it's supporting sales but it needs to have um but it's not just a, um, a the colouring in department, and you still see so many examples, sadly, of of, of businesses where marketing isn't given its um, the license and this backing and the support to be the driver and the neighbourhood change that it needs to be. And you know, fortunately, that's changed an awful lot. But but there's still um, it, it's still there's still too many examples of that, and um, and I hope that uh, that that becomes that becomes increasingly uh, marginalised in the future. That kind of attitude. Fair, yeah, that makes complete sense. Well, the next question is, um, how can someone uh, continue to repurpose their best performing content? What do you think about repurposing in general? Um, I think repurposing is really is a really sensible and pragmatic thing to be doing in these days. And I, I, I think that no one piece of content is a, um, first of all, a classic example is um, is as we we're talking about earlier on about audio and text. You know, and, and you know, for example, we do um, for some a lot of our webinars, we will turn the webinar into a podcast and and a text version after mm. that. So that's a classic example of that. Um, but also, it's as much around actually um, building up, taking the themes from one piece of content and and bringing it alive in another piece. You know, no individual piece of content should be a cul-de-sac. Every piece takes you on a journey to somewhere else. So even if you're not actually directly reusing it, you're taking some of the themes and pulling those out and moving them forward. So I think you need to treat every uh, piece of content as a journey to somewhere else, uh, as a stepping stone somewhere else. Um, and sometimes it's directly re-editing and, and, and um, uh, reposting or, or just recreating something uh, if it's appropriate. 
Um, but if it's not, it's about them building on what you already have and building a, an ongoing narrative. And that's the most important thing, I think. And what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who is just starting up? As a, as a B2B marketer, as a content writer? Yes, as a as B2B a... marketer, let's say that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think um, it would be spend some time with sales and spend some time with customers. It's very, it's so important. It's been the case always, but it's too easy to make excuses not to. And particularly um, in this climate at the moment where we're still uh, unable to spend physical time with people, attend meetings, listen to your customers, um, learn from them directly about what they think about your brand and your content and your organization and their challenges, and then incorporate that into your marketing. That's the most powerful thing you can do. And one piece of advice who's just uh, for someone who's just starting up as a content marketer, how, what would you say? Um, read lots, read everything, but don't confirm mm. confirm yourself to one medium because um, I believe that we're, you know, as you alluded to earlier on, section, mm. you know, we're, we're in this world whereby um, as a as a content creator, you need to be uh, multimedia these days. You need to have your have literally find your voice and sometimes journalists and i speak in my early career i was one of those are happy behind a keyboard and not so happy outside of a mm -hmm. keyboard so um you know network um use different formats use audio use video you know join groups and try and speak at events because the value the power you get back at that on a personal level um and in terms of your kudos as an individual is enormous fair and the last question is what would you be doing if not this if what you're not doing what you're doing right now that's a good question i would i would probably <laughs> um marketing is kind of in my blood because my dad was a direct marketer in the 1980s mm. my brothers are both marketers in some capacity i would probably be a marketer i'd probably be working for an agency um or something like that i love the kind of fast-paced life there and the access to different clients and the insights mm. of businesses so probably that um um, otherwise, I'm a journalist by trade, technically, so I'd be writing about writing about architecture, which is something another passion of mine. Interesting, but it's also interesting that you said your dad was a marketer and your brothers were marketers, and yet you sat at that bank meeting and you were going to tell the wrong figures. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, it's, it is, it's a good. I think that maybe there's a difference between marketing and sales at that point. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, maybe I've, I was very naive and now I'm less naive. <laughs> okay, fair. Well, that was the end of the interview. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. That was Joel Harrison, who is the editor-in-chief and co-founder of B2B Marketing, the leading provider of insight, best practices, and professional development information for business-to-business -business marketers. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Thank you, Sakshan. Great to be here. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Do check out the website for more details and we'll see you once again next month with another Marketer of the Month. Thank you.